Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Chellers Wine Market in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When we talk about business, we all understand that the basic objective of what we're doing is trying to make money. Implicit in this understanding is an assumption that we're trying to make money for ourselves or our company. But there are people who dedicate themselves and their careers to making money for others. Other people, other companies, and even whole communities. Two of these people are my lunch guests today. Rick Fontova has spent over a quarter of a century in the oil and gas business. At the end of his 22 years at Shell, Rick was Vice President of the Americas for Exploration and Production. Rick went on to hold a series of other high-level positions in oil and gas, and today he's the Chairman and CEO of NXT Energy Services. NXT is Rick's own company, and it's dedicated to finding other companies in the energy sector that are promising but in need of support in the form of investment and expertise. Rick is also the co-founder of Acadiana Angels, who invest in local entrepreneurial startups. Rick, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Alex Lazard is dedicated to improving both the financial and spiritual well-being of individuals and of his community. Alex is the lead ministry director of Destiny of Faith Church. Destiny of Faith Church is headquartered in the Truman neighborhood. It's been in existence for almost 17 years. It has 1,200 members and an impressive new 45,000 square feet state-of-the-art church. The church's mission is to increase spiritual growth and economic growth through new businesses and job creation and social growth through personal development. Alex, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Rick, most people who have been successful in business at some point pick up their chips and walk away from the table. They've figured they've peaked as far as their career achievement and income and that continuing to work would just put them on the path of diminishing returns. So they retire. You could have retired, but you didn't. In fact, you've done the opposite. Instead of retreating into safety and holding on to what you've got, you decided to become more of a risk taker than at any time in your previous business life. What prompted you to take this path? Was it a business decision? Or did you think you'd get too bored just going fishing every day? <laughs> oh, I've never had it put to me that way. But, <laughs> um, you know, there will come a time when I retire. But what's interesting is something in the business world is I'm having too much fun. Now, when is the last time you've heard someone talk in the business world that's also having fun? So this is a whole new world for me. And so, yes, I spent 22 years with a great company called Shell. I had great opportunities, met wonderful people who are my friends to this day. And essentially, that's when I retired. So the last 15 years have been a complete different journey, and I'm continuing down that journey. So and tell me what's so fun about what you do now. Uh, the, num the people that we meet. 
the opportunities that we see. It's so you meet people that have got ideas for businesses or have started businesses and want a, a help up, whether that's finances or experience? It, it's twofold. It's people who I've known for many years who now are in different positions in this industry. So we reconnect after maybe 10 or 15 years. But if we were both at Shell, we had a common bond. And so it's very easy for me to call up talk to a vice president or CEO because we had this shell brotherhood. So reconnecting in this vast network of people, is, it's just rewarding to see how people are doing and, and there's usually business opportunities. Even more rewarding is stepping outside of the oil and gas industry through the Acadiana Angels. And, and that's get, a bit like we think of it as a local shark tank. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. And, and we get to see some of the most remarkable ideas, uh, some of the most industrious young people that are completely outside of the oil and gas industry. So it's an awakening um, and it's just one of the most rewarding things I, I think we've done in a long time and we're just getting started. So that's, that keeps me going. Alex, for most people, financial and spiritual well-being are not connected. In fact, they're opposites. Spiritual activity is founded on feeling and faith, and business decisions are often based on cold logic, numbers, and sometimes heartless self-interest. How do you reconcile these two seemingly polar positions? That is a great question, and I think that that question is the crux of this thing called life. <laughs> it's like, how do I okay, this is a great align... <laughs> How do I align my belief system with my aspirations? Can I align my belief system? Can I still be a good human being? As you continue to uncover these businesses that are doing very well, and some I'm sure are going to Acadiana Angels, you're finding more people that's tearing down the wall that separates their faith from their aspirations, and they're merging the two. They're, they're, they're jumping off of what they really believe is the right thing to do and the right thing to feel and advocate for, and they're monetizing it. Um, now, you know, that's a whole different conversation if it's okay to monetize that. But, 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 they're, but they're taking their faith in their belief system. They're allowing that to generate this really good energy within their business world. And, and, and we exist in our church to encourage a group of people to not settle for, for, for maybe what they've seen in their community, but really reach far and high. Um, there's a few friends that we have that, you know, in, in, their, in their world, in their family, they're the first ones that's, you know, kind of getting out of the minimum wage world. They're the first ones that's maybe rising out of um, a poverty scenario. They're the first ones that's getting a college degree. They're the first ones that's uh, making substantial money um, and able to support their families. And so we have a lot of families that we partner with who's pioneering um, wealth in their families for the first time. And so with that comes a conversation of we believe that your faith should have a natural result in your life, that this belief, this inward part of you that you're taking care of should eventually hit the world you live in. And that should look like something, that should feel like something. Um, not just making good choices, but actually being able to take care of those around So you. as a church, you're not just there on Sunday mornings. Correct. It's about their life, not just about Correct. their religion. Correct. 
correct. You're, you have a business background. You, you're yeah. educated in business. Yeah. Did you always know you would use that to go into the church, or did you have other plans for it originally? I had other plans for it originally, like any other sporadic young person, right? <laughs> I had 25 million plans. But one thing that was always true for me is I, I definitely knew that I wanted my faith to be included in my business because the church is a family business right? yeah which yeah. you don't hear much you're yeah your, your mom and dad yeah i work across the, the hall from my mom down the hall from my dad uh so like i can walk out and you know get yelled at and then go back and sit down and be fine with that but uh but it's good but it's good it's healthy and it's a good environment but yeah business has always been a part and my dad uh, and before he became a pastor was a business owner himself my uncles, both of them were business owners. So it's in our family, and it was my grandmother who pioneered faith in our family. And he was like, guys, we can't just continue to kind of create um, um, wealth, but not be wealthy internally in our souls, right? We have to find a balance so that way we can take care of these families that we're producing. And, and more and more, I see very similar things um, in that, it used to be a little bit older than that, than, uh, than yourself, obviously. Uh, it used to be we came out of school, mm -hmm. put your head down, you worked, and you maybe retired 30-something yeah. years. Like, I thought maybe that would be what I would do at Shell. Yeah. But what's happening, what I see now and now, and people come and ask me all this is, if you're, you know, to me, the, the three F's is what makes it all work, is faith, family, and friends, right? You, you, you combine all that. Yeah. You can throw financial in or another, but uh -huh. that, not really. And so the, 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 the kids today, they come to us, you know, I, I really don't like what I'm doing. Then quit. Yes. Yeah. What do you mean, Rick? You, because isn't no, that... that was not what the advice our fathers gave us. They said, no, you need to work and come home. No, because work is... 8 to 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day, yeah. you can't be happy if that segment of your life yeah. is your sad. And I think it, it, it doesn't used work. To be, you can't it have used the to balance. Be a separate thing. And now, it's, work is your life. It's all part of your life, and you have to live it all the same way. Yeah. And the kids today, yeah. my daughter, I, yeah. They, yeah. they have way more purpose in their work life mm -hmm. than we ever did. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, we, we were, when I, I was coming up, we, we went to work, we got a job, we had vacation, we had benefits. Mm -hmm. They, no, they want to do something that's way more than that. And mm -hmm. I commend them. I think they saw other generations just getting stuff and they weren't happier and they, you know, where they were getting bigger houses and more storage units, but yeah. it was just stuff. It wasn't, it didn't have that purpose. Giving yeah. back to yeah. the community, being yeah. part of a bigger purpose yeah. is way more prevalent in today. Yeah. And, I th and all for good reasons. Not, not that we were a bad generation, <laughs> right. but it just wasn't part of our, our thinking. Well, we needed that. Right, what what you guys did, we needed as a foundation. You need to build on that. If you hadn't we done what you done, this is just the next evolution, right, of living, of life, of of, of generational increases. Yes, is building on top of the foundation that was laid from the previous generation. The, my in-laws thought I had lost my mind yeah. when I thought it was time for me to move on from wow. Shell. They thought that was the greatest thing that could ever happen. And it was a great company, but it's back to this. Mm -hmm. I needed more. I needed another so purpose. I wanted to go let me ask you a question price. that go they ahead. would have asked Please. you then. What does NXT actually do? Mm. So NXT Energy Services is a small holding company. I have two other investor partners with us. And what we have is we've had, we've bought and sold several small companies in the oil and gas industry. Companies that 
have a good idea. Maybe they got caught in the 2015-16 downturn. Mm -hmm. So we would come up, prop them up, mm -hmm. maybe help them get their business together and either set a new direction for them or, or actually exit that business and, and reuse that capital for something else. So NXT Energy Service is a holding company. We have a company called NXT Gas Solutions, mm -hmm. which is interesting because we're partnering with one of the biggest companies in the world, Air Liquid. We've also had a small wireline pressure control, but all of these are oil and gas services companies. But they're companies that you're quite involved in, you help build, and then you build till they're we, sellable. We typically would take a group of really smart operational people who maybe don't have all the resources, come on in, we'll provide the back office, yeah. HR, I'll use my network that I've built over 37 years to yeah. help them get more business, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of pat them on the head, dust them off, and mm -hmm. then after a while, hopefully, there's either a bigger opportunity for them or yeah. an exit or yeah. we grow the business. And yeah. Acadian Angels, tell me about them from both. We always hear about it from, hey, if you're looking for investment, but tell me about from the other side if people want to be an angel. So mm. it, it's really, it, it's been one of the most um, enjoyable, fun things I've done since I've lived in Lafayette. Uh, we're now about two and a half years old. And what was happening was people were coming to us anyway at NXT and others. I kept seeing the entrepreneur spirit of mm -hmm. the Acadiana area. I said, I've never seen anything like this in all my travels around the world. I've never mm -hmm. seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. And so we said, we gotta formalize this because people come to you with ideas all the time. Yeah. And I said, look, that's a great idea, but let me just help you. Having a really, really good idea yeah. You're 10% of the way there. Come on. And they go, what, 10% Rick? I said, no, 10%. I said, yeah. the next 50% yeah. is convincing me or Alex or someone else yeah. to help to give you money for that idea. And then the last 40% is you have to execute. Yeah. So, so there were a lot of entrepreneurs here. Yeah. This, this is an amazing area. So we just said, okay, we've got to formalize a way to help more of them. Mm -hmm. So that's what was happening. We were getting them through NXT from mm -hmm. here. Pete was seeing them through Innovate and the mm -hmm. Opportunity Machine. And so let's we said, Prados let's, 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 let's the network yeah. the, the support services, right. bring some capital, and in, and in just a couple of short years, we've invested nearly two and a half million in, in startup in over uh, seven companies. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Rick Fontova, the CEO of NXT Energy Services and Alex Lazard from Destiny of Faith Church. Alex, are you sometimes in the same position? Do people come and say, this is what I'd like to do with my life and you help them on their way? Yeah, I mean, everyday people come, um, you know, and, and they talk about their, their hearts, right? They talk about their dreams. They talk about their aspirations. I want a family or, you know, I, 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 I've been with this family for a while or, or me and my wife have had kids for a while and we want our kids to have better than what we had. And this is kind of what we're looking at doing. What do you think about that? So it's a lot of, 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 of dealing and looking at their life, right? and just being a person that's providing additional perspective and filtering that through through the three Fs. And right? you both Faith, have family, networks and that you can reach out yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I tell you what, one thing that we believe in, I'm gonna talk a little scripture if that's okay. Of uh, course. But, but, but we believe that there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel, right? We believe that when you have more people around you, that, that the conversation is stronger. It's healthier, it's not competitive, it's healthier. That when you have wise counsel that's around you that you can go to and pull in and tap on, I mean, it just makes you more fortified, if anything. Yeah. yeah. They're very similar. Let's talk about funding. Rick, are you investing your own money in this? 
in some things, yes, the KDN Angels is, is all of mine. Um, NXT will do it in some companies, and sometimes there's a mixture of two, so, so yes. And Alex, where does the money come to to fund the church? That's through traditional giving. So whether that be families, businesses, whomever is a part of our, of our congregation, that's through traditional giving. Awesome. And we have some, so in the area um, that we've adopted, in the Truman area, uh, one big thing that my parents first learned when, they, when we all moved there was the opportunity for infill housing and development. A good bit of blighted property, a good bit of abandoned lots, and you know, something we don't talk about often is an abandoned lot to me is you can be mowing something and it still be abandoned. You say, Alex, what are you talking about? To me, I call abandoned lot as anything without vision, right? So there's lots around our city that may be mowed, but there's no vision for it. So it's just abandoned. And so we've had, we had properties like that in Truman. And of course, when you're trying to have economic development conversations, one of the first things they're looking at is the population that's living there. And they're like, okay, well, we know you really would like to get some commerce in this area, but your population doesn't support it. <laughs> Based on these statistics that we're looking at, you know, you don't have enough residents, you know, or the income mix is the same. You don't have some mixed income in there. You know, what, what's going on? So, so we saw this, and we saw that if we're really going to continue to uh, dramatically, um, you know, have some catalytic impact in that Truman area, that we needed to figure out this commerce thing. And the first ways that we're being recommended to do that is by just looking at who's living there and find out you know do you guys like where you live and you know would you like to upgrade your home would you would you like to get some help with beautification of these properties of these neighborhood you know you want to take ownership and the first thing that we found is that residents all over the Truman community wanted more they wanted more and they were achieving more right it just wasn't making it on the front page of the news <laughs> you know so when they would have the partnerships that would come together to be able to take care of of their neighbors yards or do a cleanup you know it wasn't making it to the news stations and to the pa the paper so we went in we found that man we just want to provide additional support to you you know we want to be available for vision and then people started asking well, well what can we do here what do y'all think about this and so we just kind of went in and brought all of who we were to Truman. So it's a really holistic approach. Completely, completely. And so that resulted in also new construction because there were other families that saw the work and was so excited about the work. that was like, I want to move in the work. I being, one of the, I being one of them, when I got ready to get married with my wife, we were looking at apartments and trying to figure out where we were going to move. And my dad was like, have you considered, you know, building here? And I'm like, well... You know, we're young and we're married. We just want to live the free life, you know, but not be saddled down with mortgage yet. But, but we, you know, we, we end up building there. And, uh, and it was one of the best decisions we could have ever made. And so, and so for the most part, those homes aren't built for profit every now and then. You know, there may be some opportunities to get something, but it's more so to continue to increase the value of the Truman area. Uh, but the majority of the funding that we receive comes through our, our families that's in our church. It comes through the businesses that are in our church that support what we do, um, that believe in God, but also believe in the work that we're able to do naturally. Rick and I, I, I'm sorry. Alex, you said y'all were doing that for 17 years. What were you, three years old when you started? <laughs> I mean, so, come on. So, so, so when we moved down, when we moved down, I was in Tulsa. We was in Tulsa before we moved to, back to Louisiana. Back to Louisiana. We, we moved to Lake Charles um, in 2000, and we moved to Lafayette 
in the, towards the end of 2000, 2001. At the time, I was 11 years old. I was close. And so, <laughs> and so my parents uh, already knew like there was this vision to do something, to just not sit down but do something. And so what we started doing was they would get us and go to neighbors and we would start mowing yards. We start picking up trash. So I'm, I'm 11, my older brother's 12 or 13 at the time. I have a younger brother who's three or four. And we're just picking up trash and we're mowing yards. And, and we're doing that. And the church ends up opening about a year and a half later with, a, with maybe about 150 people who end up joining. And it was like, we want to we plug in. And from there, uh, my parents had just kept us together. And, and we, we've been doing it as a family ever since. And other families join in. We got other people that's in the area who got their kids and their wives and their husbands and just kind of kept partnering together. And, and this is where we're at. And so I was a little older than three. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> you don't but look no. it. But that, you know, but that, I, th- I attribute that to why I feel I'm able, to, I'm able to have this conversation now. It's because of this commitment, right, that, that I was introduced to at such, such a young age that I'm so thankful for. Yeah. Rick and Alex, this is the part of the show that we call your brother-in-law. You're sitting at your desk answering some email when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he's going out of town and he wants you to stop by his house and feed his goldfish. But this time it's different. This time he has a business proposition. Rick, your brother-in-law has found a business to invest in and he wants your advice. He's met these guys in a bar after a day of fishing. They're the waiter of fishing. Their business is called Beta. B-A-I-T-R. They're out on the water and they deliver supplies to the guys out fishing, everything from ice to bait, through the Beta app. They say they just need a few thousand dollars to market the business and it's going to be the next big thing. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Should he invest in Beta? Because we do this all the time. It's not a yes, no, yes. (laughs) That's something that you really want to do. Okay, and so how much money do you need? When will I get my money back? How can you do that? And, and where else can we help you? And so everyone's, like I mentioned earlier, they've got good ideas. But we're going to say, okay, so, so show me how you're going to charge. Show me what a business model looks like. Because Are you already what, doing this? Have you already made money? Are you? Whether yes. it's me or Alex or anyone else, we're going to want to see some, or a bank, we're going to want to see some sort of a model that takes that great idea of yours and shows you that we can get a return on our investment because you're competing for the same dollar as dozens of other people. So yes, you're my brother-in-law and yes, you're my friend and I will listen to you, but I'm not gonna just give you money without you sharing with me, how are you gonna get my money back? Because that's what investors do. So how are you gonna do it? That's what I would ask him. How are you gonna get my money You're gonna get a lot of phone calls now. (laughs) Alex, your brother-in-law is calling you from New Orleans. He says that there are a lot of people in the LGBTQ community who would like to be part of a church, but they're not necessarily comfortable in a conservative church community. So your brother-in-law, who's actually transitioning, and he is eventually going to be your sister-in-law, has got a great idea for creating an LGBTQ community. He's already got a name for it, Queer Prayer. It wouldn't be in a physical church, it would be an online community, which means it potentially could be huge. Your future sister-in-law is thinking of investing her life savings in founding the Queer Prayer community to make this happen. What do you tell your future sister-in-law? Is this a good idea? The first thing that I would definitely recommend is anytime we're talking about investment, the question immediately comes up, and I think he would appreciate this, is the return on investment. 
And anytime, anytime someone has to make a decision about their faith, I'm always a little slow to have them move uh, when it includes turning over all of their life savings or properties. Because or, most times, whenever we're talking about matters of the faith, it, it kind of starts from within. It starts small. It starts, you know, so if your first response is to give away your life savings, I think the, the first thing I would ask is, you know, are there 150 people that's going to do the same thing? <laughs> you know, and, that's, and that would be with any investment, I, I, you know, so, so that would, that's what I would ask. You know, are there 150 people that do the same thing, and I'm more than, I'm more than sure there's a, a different path, you know, than the first thing is to invest your life savings into that if you're really trying to find peace. I agree. Yeah. It's like, you know, you also have to live and you have to... Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you asked a question earlier about, like, business aspirations and, like, ratifying that with your faith. And so I, sometimes I believe that the other side of that coin is we can be so zealous that we're just not just thinking. And so I'm, I'm always a little hesitant about that type of stuff, and I just tell people, slow down, avoid reacting too quickly. Two things. I, learned, I got this from a book called Leadership Pain from Dr. Samuel Chan. And he recommends two things. Um, avoid reacting too quickly and seek God's best at all times. If you can do those two things about big decisions in your life, you'll never go wrong. We've come a long way in the Cadiana business over the past decade or so. Technology has added a whole new world of opportunity to what was, for a long time, an economy anchored in oil and gas. As time goes on, the dimensions of business here keep growing. Rick and Alex, in your own ways, you're both making notable contributions to the expansion of what's possible. As a direct result of your work, people are getting opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise had and leading the lives that they want to lead. Thank you for everything you're doing and thank you both for joining me today on Out to Lunch. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Rick Fontova, Chairman and CEO of NXT Energy Services and co-founder of Acadiana Angels and Alex Lazard, Lead Ministry Director of the Destiny of Faith Church. You can find out more about Rick's investments and Alex's church by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all our podcasts on itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Marcello's Wine Market Cafe on Calice Saloon in Lafayette. Marcello's is open for lunch Monday through Friday and dinner Monday through Saturday, serving fine Italian cuisine with a full range of fine wines. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Destin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.